Life Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Templey. nature it should be for people that are 18 years or older heed my warning people i do not get the facts of these cases off the internet or from some television show the facts we're retelling you were presented to us by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims my description of the crime scenes are what i saw with my own two eyes if you're gonna get offended Please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody. I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And coming to you today to tell you part two of Mama Said. Y'all stay tuned for some announcements at the end of the show. And we'll take it from there. I'm going to want to get right into it. So I hated to leave y'all in a story last week where I, where I did on Mama Said. So look, this is a... Spoiler alert, if you, if you hadn't heard the first Mama Said, then don't listen to Mama Said Part 2. Just get right to it. The story itself, I had to set it up, what happened in in the time frame that it happened in after Hurricane Katrina, because it's important, because everybody thought the guy that stabbed the assistant chief was from New Orleans. I end up going in and identifying him as, as a local guy, okay? So that morning... About 4 o'clock in the morning when Tony Edwards identified him, and then we had other people identify him from the jail. I started working this case. And we're getting these statements. These people are positively IDing this. It's like the first brick in the foundation, y'all. Yeah, I can't go get an arrest warrant off of the sketch artist thing. I mean, you can't come half-ass on what could potentially be a death penalty case if the assistant chief dies. Now, he's out of ICU, Walter was. They said that he was going to live. Etc. So, start working the case. So, I get Walter's information, look up his addresses, and and all that stuff. His criminal history, and I, like I told you, he had done ten years in prison. He copped a ten year plea deal. He probably would have got you know forty years for stabbing another guy in a fight. And not Walter, uh, Stephen May. And and so I take it. And I get it together, but by this time I'm wiped, and and it's like four or five in the morning. I said, you know what? And I told, uh, I think it was Stan. I think Brian Paul and I were partners at the time, Brian Paul Smith, and and I had called him and told him and everything. I said, look, and you know, I gotta go to the house. I gotta get some sleep. And and I called Hunter, the chief of Walker. I said, look, I got the guy, and I told him who it was. I said, but we gotta work this slow and low. I said, call Big Country. Yeah, that's the, the detective with the state police, a good friend of ours. And we've been through battles together, right? And I said, call Big Country and find out what time he can meet. And whenever y'all can all meet, I'll, I'll bring the stuff and we'll meet at Walker PD and get a game plan together. I said, I'm going to the house. I got to get some sleep. And uh, I mean, we've been working like, I don't know, almost 20-something days straight. And, and it's just crazy times. The parish just full of evacuees and, and, you know, still recovering from the storm. Now, the main thing, Hurricane uh, Rita is barreling down on us now. And, all right, so Katrina hit on the 29th of August. 
and then the levees broke. You know, the next couple of days, the levees were breaking, but New Orleans is totally flooded out. Every, the city's dead. It's ghost town now. All these people were displaced, hundreds of thousands of people displaced, and we had a lot of them in Livingston Parish. Now, if you were selling a house or something in Livingston Parish time, they had oil companies and big corporations that were coming in buying houses unseen uh, to put their people in, right? Not even, not even going to look at them. Just saying, calling and sending a check. Um, we're buying all these houses, so you're getting all this influx of people coming in, and you know that's one of the schools of thought of why the guy that stabbed Walter Days, his assistant chief, was from out of town. But Rita was coming. Now, Hurricane Rita was another monster, and it's kind of like this year, right? South Louisiana getting hit with two in a couple weeks. So Rita hit on the September the 24th. Now, Walter got stabbed on the 16th. I think I was able to identify. Okay, so yeah, that's right. Walter got stabbed on, I think, the night of the 16th. I think it was a Friday night. Rita forms on the 18th and, and is coming like a bitch. And, and, and would he ultimately end up hitting Louisiana on the 24th. And at the last second, it, it, it diverted away from us again in, in New Orleans and went to... Cameron Parish, the same part of Louisiana just got slammed by two hurricanes. But anyway, go to the house, I catch some Z's, catch a shower, fresh clothes, and Hunter calls and says, hey, Big Country's going to meet us over here about 5 p.m. At, at, at my office. Sorry, I said, I'll meet you. And then I went over there, and we get together. And I said, look, this is what we got. And I pulled Stephen May. I'd actually, not only had I pulled his criminal history, I pulled every photo mugshot they had of him, Department of Correction pictures, et cetera. Pulled anything we had on him. And he looked just like the dude in the sketch. So I sit down and I tell him about it. I said, look, the jail supervisor said he just got out. The trustees, you know, they, they didn't have what name to say when they gave him the sketch. I mean, everybody identified him. We didn't say, hey, do you think this is Stephen May? They, they were like, no, it's Stephen May. I'm telling you, he just got out. So I pulled his DOC or Department of Corrections photos and drivers. I don't think he had a driver's license. I think his state ID or whatever. Shit is spitting image. Long, nasty-ass hair down in his shoulder, kind of greasy. And, you know, got out. I mean, he has a history of stabbing people, et cetera. I said, listen, we cannot fuck this up. We got to work it. We got to get more probable calls than what we have. We probably push it in go off of these identifications because probable cause, y'all, is just 50% plus one. That's not proving it beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law. It's two different things. So we could probably push it and go and go arrest him on a probable cause warrant, get a get a warrant signed by a judge. I said, but I want more. And big country's like, hell yeah. That, um, you know, this guy's been in the system his whole life. He's 47 years old. He know he's taking his shit to trial. When we do it, we got to do it correct. I said, so... Game plan is what I was thinking. He Look, he was a known drug user. Crack, I think, it was his, his big deal. And numerous arrests and stuff for it. And let me back up. When I put it out to the uniform guys before I went home to go to bed, I called a supervisor that were on duty. I said, listen, we're looking for Stephen May. If y'all put your eyeballs on him, let me know. But Danny Gomez who was a supervisor. I think he was my first supervisor, first person besides Ben Smith. He's now deceased. Rest in peace, brother. The first person I rode with was Danny Gomez. You've heard me talk about him. He could outrun anybody, et cetera. But Danny called me. He said, Woody, I stopped Stephen May that Saturday morning. And I said, really? I said, where at? And he said, by the the car wash. He said, but I didn't know y'all were looking for him. I said, shit, but we didn't know we were looking for him either at the time. I mean, it took me a couple of days to to process it. He said, but I stopped him. And he said, I know him. I've been, Danny been, I think Danny might still be in uniform patrol, but he also was on SRT or SWAT. He said, I stopped him. And he said, he always has knives on him. And he said, you know what? I think he, Danny had, unfortunately at that time, for whatever reason, the sketch had not been disseminated to the uniform patrol guys yet, or Danny hadn't seen it. And he said, I stopped him. And he said he was real, he was nervous as shit. I mean, I stopped this guy all the time. He's he's always got a glass stick on him or a crack pipe or whatever. He said, I stopped him all the time. He knows me. He said, this time he was like 
jumpy, jumpy. And and he always has knives on him. I said, well, that fits too. And, and so I said, if you see him again, you know, try to keep tabs on him. Just call me. I said, we'll get a SWAT team member to follow him or some a detective to follow him to keep up with him while we build this case. And he said, I said, but he definitely had a knife on me. He said, yes, he had one. He said he normally carries more than one. And in law enforcement, they call that the, the one plus one rule. If you arrest somebody or you stop somebody and you find one weapon on them, you better believe they have another one. I don't know why it works like that. It's just the way it is. If they have one weapon, they're going to have another. But he said he only had one knife, Woody. He only had one. And so he said, I stopped and he, he said he was walking home to his mama's house. So anyway, back to it. Me and Hunter and Big Country. Now, remember, I told you, Hunter is just this massive, huge muscle hit. I don't want to call you a muscle hit, Hunter. Muscle up guy and, and can rip phone books and stuff and bend chairs and metal chairs over his head and stuff. Just crazy strength. And then you got Big Country. He's got to be six foot nine. He's like a giant. It's huge, right? And and like I said, these guys that I came up with, we 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 went to basically a war together in uniform patrol on the streets and stuff, and just two of the best. We put a bolo out on uh, Stephen May, and so everybody was looking for him. And I said, you know what, guys, we sat around, we kicked you know the can on it, or what talked about what we we're going to do when we found him, et cetera. I said, I just need, I need to question him. I got to get him past Miranda. I got to get him, you know, find out what he's going to say his story is. And we sat around to the point where we were like, shit, let's go. Let's go look for him ourselves. And and because Danny told me he's always on 190 by the car wash in between Jubin and Walker. He said, that's where he gets his dope. That's where he's always walking. I said, well, shit, we go ride too. We had nothing else to do. Meanwhile, Walter's still in the hospital. I mean, he's not out of the woods yet. So we got luckier and shit. The, we were we were riding down 190, and it was another one of these dark, misty nights, like the real humid, like the, the night that, that Walter got stabbed. I just remember that because you, you, you drive down the road, and you can hear after a rain, you can hear the water being thrown off your tires because we were in my big unmarked truck. You can hear like the spray being thrown. It's that kind of wet, dark, hot night. And ship, we're driving down one night now. I assure you, if Stephen May had seen a, a blue and white or a cop car coming, his ass would have been hiding in the ditch. But I got this big jacked up undercover truck and, and I see a white male. I said, holy shit. And it's right where Danny said he would be. And he's walking our direction. I said, y'all, I think it's him. I think it's him. So I pull over, and we jump out of the truck. Now, you can imagine this. I I wasn't a little guy at the time, but you imagine big country and Hunter getting out and me getting out on you and and running up, basically running up on you. I mean, if if this is him, he tried to kill a cop, all right? So you can't take that lightly. And we run up on him, and sure shit, it's Stephen May. And as we're running up on him, you know what he does? He throws his hands in there, and his First words out of his mouth before I could say anything, he said, I I ain't got nothing to do with, with stabbing that cop. I ain't got nothing to do with stabbing that cop. I, I didn't have nothing to do with it. I said, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, oh, man, hold on. He said, I just, I ain't stabbed no cop. I ain't stabbed no cop. I said, oh, hoss, I said, settle down. I said, hold on. I said, look, just calm down. I said, I, I, and I started, my brain was firing. This is, this is my opening, right? I, I'm going to play him. And I knew, Hunter knew that I knew I was doing it. Hunter had never been in the detectives before he went to chief of police. Big country knew I knew I was doing, and he had a lot of investigative experience. And told him, I said, I said what's your name, man? He said, I'm, I'm Stephen May. I said, all right, Stephen. I said, look, I, I, you know, you, we're absolutely out here talking to people about the stabbing of, this, of the assistant chief of police for Walker Police Department, um, Walter Daisy. I said, and, and look, you, we, as soon as we get out on you, you're like, I mean, we got badges of guns on. I mean, uh, you know where the police say, yeah, yeah, I know you're the police. We didn't let him put his hands in his pocket or anything, but I didn't want to start out on this guy high and turn him off because he's a seasoned convict. I said, so look, man, we're out here. We need your help. I said, I believe you. You didn't have anything. You say you didn't have anything to do with it. You know, shit, why wouldn't I believe you? I said, but you know what? I know 
you a man of the streets. And then he starts shaking his head. Yeah. And affirming. I said, I know you walk these streets because I talked to the uniform guys and they told me I should talk to you because you're always out here and you know, every player, he said, yeah, man, but there's a lot of people from out of town. I said, don't, don't worry about it here. I said, well, you know, it's misty. It's hotter and shit out here. Let's go. Let us, let's ride up to uh Walker PD. You're not under arrest. Let's ride up to Walker PD and get in some air conditioner. I said, because we really need your help, man. I said, I really need your help. That that cop is laying in the hospital and they don't know if he's going to make it or not. And he was like, and he kind of got silent. I said, you're not under arrest. Come ride with me in my unmarked truck. And then no handcuffs, nothing. And he said, okay, all right, I'll come talk to y'all. I said, but before you get in, put your hands on the hood and let me pat first for officer safety. I said, I don't know you. The, the uniform guys know you. I said, but you might have a bazooka or something in your pocket, right? I, and I, I just do this. Before I put my own mama in the truck, I'll pat for his curve for officer safety. And, and so I patted him down. Parker had a knife, right front pocket. I mean, he had his hands on the hood. I'm patting it down. And I felt it. You know, patting it down. I felt it. I said, what you, what's this in the pocket? I already knew what it was. He said, it's a pocket knife. I said, you don't mind if I get it out and hold on to it while we're talking, right? I said, you know, the, Walter got stabbed. He said, no, I don't mind, I don't mind. And the, uh, he's just, he started going on and on. I got the knife out. We get him in the truck. We're not, I, I guess we weren't two or three miles from the Walker Police Department. And the whole way there, he wouldn't shut up. He's like, I ain't stabbed no cop. I ain't stabbed no cop. I said, I said dude, I said, hold on. And then Big Country was like, hey, hoss. And he said, well, he ain't saying you stabbed nobody. Just settle down. We need your help. You know, we need to we need to get this case solved. And you, I think you're the man to do it. Now, the country's got some good investigative skills too. I think y'all, Kevin Duvall has since retired from the state police, like a maybe a major or a lieutenant colonel, or whatever. And he's now working as an investigator for the fire marshal. So, Kevin, if you listen to this, congratulations on your retirement. So we get to Walker PD. And there's nobody there. We we go into their like interior interview room, which was kind of more like a break room uh, slash interview room when they needed it. And we shut the doors and we sit down and we I say, hey, man, you want something to drink? And he did. We got him a Coke or whatever. So I got him out. Four of them went in and talked to him. I said, we're going to play it like we said we were going to play it. We need to get him past Miranda. But it's, it's a, I said, technically, we don't. And, you know, but we're going to do it anyway because it's going to get challenged at what point that we bring it in. I said, getting it past Miranda is everything, and then we'll see what he has to say. So we go in and sit down and say, hey, man, again, I really appreciate you coming and helping me. I said, the, these are hard times for everybody after the storm and all these people running around this parish and police officers getting stabbed. And I said, all oh, these evacuees, you know. I said, but look, just like I pat first you before I put you in the truck, I want to tell you your Miranda rights. I said, you are no way under arrest. I mean, you're not even close to being under arrest, but I want you to know you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to an attorney prior to and during any question. If you can't afford one, a court point one for you. You understand your rights? He had his head hung down. He's shaking his head back and forth. I said, I said, Stephen. I said, you're not under arrest, dude. I, I, anybody wants to make a statement to me about anything in my life, I've been doing this long enough where I always advise them Miranda rights. I said, do you understand your rights? He said, yeah. I said, do, do you freely and voluntarily talk to us right now? And it, I mean, we're not threatening you or promising you anything. And he said, yeah, man, I'll talk to you. I said, you don't want a lawyer? No, I don't want a lawyer. I'm, I'm good. And I said, all right, man. And I said, I need your help, ma'am. I was really pumping him up. We, we went back and forth and just really pumping him up about it. And it's his turf. And, he, you know, if anybody knows, he's going to know, et cetera. We're not asking questions yet. We're just inflating his ego. Me and Big Country, just Hunter was just sitting there being quiet. I said, Stephen, I don't want to be here. I wish the cop hadn't got stabbed. And, and I said, this is my brother-in-law talking about Big Country. I said, I'm married to his sister, and it's it's getting it's another night that I'm away from home, and I said, I'm be honest with you, she's a real bitch, and because she said, yep, she's a bitch, man. I said, and she always thinks that I'm I'm cheating on her, 
And I'm sure I'm going to get several phone calls while I'm in this interview with you, and it's going to be her, and she's going to be raising the hell at me. So I said, I don't want to take a whole bunch of you at the time. But, but I said at the same time, I don't want to rush it because it's too important. I mean, your knowledge is. And he said, okay, man, I, I get it. I get it. All right. I said, tell me where you were Friday night. He said, well, which Friday night? I said, the Friday night that Walter Daisy got stabbed on Carroll Road. He said, oh, I, I went nowhere near Carroll Road. I was, I was at my friend's house, and he gave me the friend's name, and I'm not going to say y'all because this guy's innocent. I said, so what time did you get to your friend's house? He said, oh, I don't know. I, I got there probably, I don't know, 8, or, 8 o'clock, 7.30, 7 o'clock, something like that. I said, what'd you do? He said, well, I spent the night there. I spent the whole, We watched movies and TV, and I just hung out there the whole night. I said, you didn't leave. He said, he said no, no. He said, but, 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 but. I said, but. Oh, stuttering. He's so excited, right? He said, but, 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 but. I said, what? He said, I saw the guy. I said, you right. I got the information. I saw the guy that stabbed the chief of police. I said, what the fuck you mean you saw him? He said, I saw him. I said, where'd you see him at? He said, at the car wash. I said, what did he look like? He said, shit, he looked just like me. And I said, what do you mean? He said, he was about my height and he had... Uh, mustache and facial hair, and he said he had long hair down his shoulder, just like me. Now, you, if you were watching my video, you could see that I'm tapping. He, Stephen, was tapping his shoulder. He said he had long hair down his shoulder, just like me. I said he looked. He said he looked just like me. I said really. I said, and how long was his hair? He said down his shoulder, just like me, and he's tapping his shoulder again. And and I said, and you saw him at the car wash. He said, yeah. I said your height. And he said, yeah, man, I ain't never seen that dude before. My height. And I said, how long was his hair again? He said, down the shoulder, just like mine. And I looked at Big Country, and, and he knew what I was getting at. Here's the problem. For fuck's sake, his hair was short. Stephen May did not have long hair. Okay? So Big Country said, hey, Hoss, you you said, How'd you know it was him? He said, man, I don't know. He said, but I just figured it had to be him because um, he was, you know, I'd never seen the cat before. And I figured he's from New Orleans, must be in the vacuee. He said, when that composite sketch came out, he said, I saw it. He said, that guy looks just like me. And and and, and he said, well, how long? Tell me again. Now, we're recording this shit, y'all. How long? What did he look like? And Stephen May is so such a crackhead, he doesn't even realize that he's still saying that his hair is long, right? And and the country said, how long was his hair getting off? He said, down his shoulders just like mine. I said, well, Stephen, you know, I saw, I, I, I kicked country, and Hunter's eyes got bigger and, and where Stephen May couldn't see him. I, I kicked country, and I said, Stephen, I said, so you saw him? And he said, yeah, yeah. He was walking in the direction of Carroll Road, and he looked just like me. I said, you tell me about the sketch when you saw the sketch. He said, well, the next morning after I stayed at my buddy's house, I walked home, and um, he said when I walked in, he said it was around, around noon or just after noon. He said, I walked in, and it's my mom and daddy's house. I walked in, my mama's sitting on the couch, and she's watching the noon news, and she turned, and she looked at me, and she said, Stephen. I said, what, Mama? He said, she said, baby, did you stab that police officer in Walker? And he said, hell no, Mama. Why would you say that? She said, because they just showed a picture of the sketch, and that guy looks just like you, Stephen. She said, I'm telling you, it could be your twin. And he said, it freaked me out. He said, my Mama's saying that that I stabbed a guy. That, that Mama said he looked just like me. And I said, really? I said, yeah. I said, with long hair down your shoulder? He said, yeah, yeah, long hair down my shoulder, just like me. I said, well, guess what, Hoss? You're fucked. And, and he said, what do you mean? I said, you don't have long hair. I said, how long ago did you cut your hair? Oh, he said, oh, I, oh, I cut my hair months and months ago. I said, so you, months and months ago, much less up to almost three weeks ago, were locked up in the Livingston Parish Jail, and he kind of looked at me. I said, yeah, man, I did my fucking homework. Real life, real crime. Let me tell you about every plate. 
Every plate you can get meals you'll enjoy and your bank account will love. And the best part is they're delivered right to your door. My wife, Cindy, and I love, love, love every plate. And our favorite part about every plate is that they do the meal planning and shopping and the prepping for us. That takes all the time consuming guesswork out of cooking. Once a week, I try to cook dinner for my wife, and it usually takes me like three hours. With every plate, recipes come together in about 30 minutes, and that's definitely faster than a trip to the grocery store and starting a meal from scratch. Last week with every plate, I made my wife a delicious every plate meal in 30 minutes, and I had still had time to go fishing in Lake Marlpaw before the sun went down. I usually spend $80 on groceries at the store, but last week I bought some spinnerbaits from the leftover money I had. Y'all do yourself and your family a favor and try every plate. Even at regular price, every plate is up to 58% cheaper than other major meal kits out there. Get three weeks of every plate meals for only $2.99 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code RLRC3. That's three weeks of every plate meals for only $2.99 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code RLRC3. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. I said, me and big country, you know, don't roll stupid. I said, you were locked up. You were a trustee there. So you're telling me you cut your hair short like it is now. And let me describe it. Yeah, you know, he had a little bit of a uh, length in the back, but the sides were like almost freshly shaven down. I mean, like obvious fresh, right? And he's like, no, 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 no. I, I cut that like three months ago. And he's all flustered now. He knows he's fucked. And, and he's backtracking. And the one thing that never changes is the truth. Is if he was lying, he wouldn't have to backtrack. I said, okay, so you're telling me, your statement to me is you cut your hair three months ago, but you saw the guy at the car wash that stabbed the chief. He looked just like you, but he had long hair down his shoulders, just like you. I said, I think you said that four or five times. You kept tapping your shoulder as if you still had long hair. I said, how long have you had long hair for? He said, I had it my whole life, my whole adult life. I said, but you, have, you don't have it now. He said, oh, no, no, but I cut it like three or four months ago. I said, are you sure about that? He said, absolutely. I, I, cut it, I cut it when I was locked up in jail. I said, all right. I said, but you get home. You spent a night at your buddy's house. You didn't leave. No, sir, I didn't. And I said, and you get home, and your mama, you walk in the door, and your mama says, Stephen. She said, that's right. He, she said, Stephen, did you stab that police officer in Walker? And he said, no, mama, why? It's because he looks... The the guy in the, the sketch looks just like he, like I birthed me another son. So he he knew he fucked up, and now the convict starts to come out in him. And he's like, you know what, fellas? I don't think I want to talk anymore. And then and he's thinking, oh, shit. And I, and I said, well, you know what? That's cool. I said, you're not under arrest. I said, you, you living at your, at your mom and daddy? He said, yeah. I said, you, have, you got a phone? He said, I don't have a phone. I said, well, give me their number in case I need to talk to you. So, boy. Well, you know, you don't need their number. I said, dude, just give me your fucking parents' phone number. The, 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 uh, I already know their address. And I said, you know, it's late. Now, we've been there for hours, y'all. I mean, we didn't rush through anything. I'm, I'm paraphrasing this because otherwise it'd be a 10-part series. We've been there for hours grooming him and then getting his statements and getting him reiterate, et cetera, before we flipped the script on him. Uh, hey, you know what? And I told him, I said, you know, Stephen, if you get something happened out there and you got some kind of altercation with the cop, maybe you didn't know he was a cop. It's a dark street on that bridge. It's dark. I said, you better fucking explain it, Hoss, and you better say that you stabbed him. I said, otherwise, when we come back with evidence, and if I'm, I'm going to get DNA off that knife they took out took out of him and inserted. Nobody touched it on purpose. We got the DNA. It's at the Big country was like, it's at the crime lab now. I personally walked it in. It wasn't at the crime lab. Y'all lying. And, and big country said, I personally hand walked it through with a letter from the colonel. And they are working on it. We're going to have it back in less than 24 hours. And he's nervous as a whore in church now, right? I mean, he's about to shit himself. He said, well, I just want to go. I said, fuck it, you can go. And then uh, I said, you want to ride? And he was like, he has stayed. He's staying. I mean, we're like probably five or six miles from his parents' house, and it's late. And he, if he was high on anything, we stopped him, which I don't think he was. He may have been, but he wasn't high anymore. And and he knows he's in a real. His sugar is really turning. Shit, he's going downtown 
he knows that we played him, right? He said, he's like, no, 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 I'll just walk. I'll just walk. So he walked, and I did have his parents' address on file from his parole paperwork. Say so Jets, I'm like, okay, this is what we got to do. Boom, boom, boom. This is where we can get probable cause. I said, but we need to follow it up. I, I called Jason or the head of SWAT. I said, dude, we, we got to get eyeballs on this cat. We cannot, you know, got to put somebody in the woods, whatever you got to do. Get eyeballs on him. We cannot lose him. I'm telling you, this is the guy that st- stabbed Walter. And I told him the deal, and he said, fine. He called out a couple guys and, and had him headed in that direction to go find a place to set up and watch the parents' house and hopefully catch him before he got home. And meanwhile, we have to go, one, I want to go to his friend's house and see what he's got to say about where he was that night. That was key. Two, I called Danny Gomez and I woke him up. I said, Danny, when you stopped Stephen May that morning, he was real nervous. I said, tell me what what he looked like. He said, what are you getting at? I said, just tell me what it looked like. Was there anything different? He said, yeah, he he had shaved head on the side. His his hair was real short and he always wore it long. I said, thank you. Write that up for me, please. Then I went to the jail. Tony Edwards and him, I said, listen, when he got out of jail, who was on duty? He said, we were on duty. We processed him out. I said, did he have long hair? He said his hair was exactly as long as it was in that sketch artist thing. He said, he said, Woody, I used to have to get on his ass every single morning about keeping that nasty ass greasy hair put up in that side of that blue net thing they had to wear in the kitchen cooking food, right? He said his hair was always falling out. His, I said, well, Cat told me he cut his hair. He had his head shaved inside the Livingston Parish prison over three months ago. He said, I'm telling you, he's full of fucking shit. I said, write it out. And and said, I came back to you and I told you this. And the day you processed him out, what was his hair length? So Tony wrote it up and got some other people to write it up. Now, this happened over a period of hours. We go to the friend's house and this good guy, a good citizen, will say he has a, he has a job, et cetera. I said, can you tell me about Stephen Mace? What do you want to know? I said, what, did he spend Friday night with you? He said, not with me. He said, I got up. I had to work Saturday morning. I walk out of my porch. Motherfucker sleep on my porch. And I said, really? And I said, you, that's the first time you saw him? I said, yeah. And I said, what'd you do? He said, I kicked the shit out of him. I said, get your fucking ass off my porch. And, and, and I said, y'all been friends for a long time? He said, yeah, we've been friends, man. But, you know, he's he's been like... I knew him since like high school and stuff. Friends, he said, but I don't really associate with him because he's a shithead. And I said, I get that. I said, so you woke him up right here on the porch. And he said, yes. And I said, what happened then? He said, he asked me, did I have any razors or scissors? And I was like, what for? He said, I need to cut my hair. And he said, yeah, I got a, a... a pair of clippers, but you're not coming to my house and cutting that nasty-ass hair. He said, I'll cut it in your garage. And he said he took it out there and he cut his hair in the garage. I said, dude, please tell me. I said, did he throw it away? He said, yeah, he threw it away. And I said, I said, uh, has your trash run? He said, yeah, it's not going. I mean, they came and picked up since then. I said, so you actually saw him cut his hair that morning? He said, um, yes, he used my shit, right? So we were able to get the clippers, take them in evidence because they still had some hairs on them. Ultimately, they end up proving that Stephen May's hair in this guy's telling the truth. Got a statement from his friend uh, that he woke him up on the porch and Stephen had the long hair. He cut it in his garage. They had great shit, great probable cause. And that he left, when he left is when Danny Gomez stopped him, the Uniform Patrol stopped him on the road. He had a knife on him, the one plus one rule I told you about. And Danny said, the only thing that's different out of a thousand other times I stopped him was he had short hair on the sides and it looked like it had been freshly cut. Gets home, his own mama says, Did you stab that police officer, baby? And and that boy looks just like you. So we building it all up. Now I have enough probable cause. I have 50% plus one. So the powers would be with me and decide the course of action. I present everything that I have. I'm like, look, I know I can get a warrant. We got guys watching him, or at least we thought we did. We had some SRT members that were set up watching his parents' house. And I said, I need to go talk to his mama and ask her about the sketch thing, right? And so 
But meanwhile, I'm going to get the warrant and kind of catch 22 and call Tina Stafford in sec- secretary at the time. Kenny called her secretary. She ran the office. Uh, she would always come in on any high profile cases and type up the warrant. She knew what we needed. So we roll out, talk to his parents and a knock on the door. What meanwhile, the warrant's being made. Knock on the door, just regular detective clothes, no SWAT team, no nothing. And it was, it's like afternoon time. And the daddy opened the door. And I'm like, hey, I said, detective over to the sheriff's office, can I talk to you? And they're like, what do you want? I mean, he was no friend, right? And I said, I want to talk to you about your son, Stephen May. I said, is Stephen here? He said, no, he's not here. I said, really? I said, he told me he lives here. He stays here all the time. He said, he said, he does stay here, but he's not here now. So when did he leave? He said, like, what, why? I said, because I'm just asking you a question, man. I said, when did he leave? I said, actually, I'm not even here to talk to Stephen. I'm here to talk to your wife. He wouldn't even let me in the door. This house was on a dead-end street, one way in, one way out, another super small street. And, it's, I mean, these people were good people. The, the, the mom and dad were. They were, elder, I say elderly. They were elderly. And I just think that they love their son, right? And then he gets the Stephen's mom to come to the door, and she's a little old lady. And I said, I said, Miss May, I said, I just want to ask you one thing. I said, when Stephen came home, Saturday around noon and you were watching the news. I said, did you tell him or ask him, did he stab the police officer? Because, uh, and I said, Stephen told me this. I said, Stephen told me that when he came in, you said, baby, did you stab the police officer? Because, and he said, no. He said, why? I said, because he looks just like you, the sketch does. And dad cut me off and said, she ain't saying shit and shut the door in my face. I'm like, Tipper, Roger that motherfucker. You know, I didn't say it out loud. So a jet back, we go, and Tina's got the warrant typed up. I go in, I get a judge to sign it. Now, it's a really good circumstantial case at this point. And guess what? The the the, the knife is still going to get processed for DNA. That's that's going to rule it out beyond a, a probable cause, right, beyond all reasonable doubt. But now we have the hair and stuff. So you don't have to wait to make an arrest to get a prosecution is what I'm telling you. I knew we had enough solid base of a case to get the probable cause, which is 50% plus one, to get the warrant signed. Go get this guy under arrest. I knew he pled out before to stabbing somebody. He does not want to go on trial for attempted first-degree murder, a police officer. And guess what? Walter still went out the hospital. Uh, he could have died. So go and get the warrant signed. And now we still got people watching the house, and they hadn't seen Stephen leave. And they haven't seen see him stay, but the dad left like a couple times. I think there was a brother. I don't want to misspeak on that, but the dad left like a couple times. And when he had unmarked units following him and stuff, I said, "You know what? Fuck this. Let's get another warrant for to get a GPS tracker to put on their vehicle in case we lose them." Because y'all, I'm gonna tell you something. It's hard to follow somebody in a car. You could have multiple unmarked. It's not like you see in the movies. You can have multiple unmarked units with radios trying not to be discovered they got by the person that you're following and you can still lose them yeah even in a cop uh, unmarked cop car you still lose them right we, we were pulling out all the stops in this one money wasn't an object manpower wasn't an object i said i actually got the, getting the warrant signed and had tina type up another one to get a gps tracker for family vehicles because i knew if he left or if he wasn't there I knew they were going to where his location was and giving him money or you know food or whatever it may be. So we had to find him at all costs. Now we I know we got a cop killer, an attempted cop killer out there. So we get the GPS trackers and went went back to the house and uh, it was nighttime by now and they had some SRT guys go and put the trackers on the car. We also got a, a search warrant for the residence. And we went up, surrounded the house with the SWAT team and rolled in deep, right? And there's there was like some outbuildings and stuff um, surrounded the place before we went up and banged on the door, sheriff's office search warrant, sheriff's office search warrant. Now we didn't want to kick in the door on these old people. But as far as we know, Stephen May's in there and he might have a shotgun or something. So you got to use the search warrant, you have to use the element of surprise and you have to be tactical. And the main thing is that we all go home safely. So long story short, 
SRT makes entry, shows the search warrant to the mom and dad, have him sit down, and they say he's not here. And and guess what? They were telling the truth. They turned the house up, not, you know, didn't flip cushions on the couch looking for the guy, obviously looking for a body. But they they were adamant he wasn't there. They searched everywhere they could in the house, they searched all the property, the outbuildings and everything. Shit, he wasn't there. So now we got a problem. We have a attempted cop killer on the street and we got to find him. That's priority number one. So we bolo to everybody. Now we don't release it to the media that we have an arrest warrant, but I did tell the the dad I mean, before we left, I said, let me tell you something. Mr. May, this is serious shit. You see all these men in black. Now the SRT y'all, when they roll out in their helmets and the all black uniforms and the tactical gear and shit, it's impressive. And it is, it'll put a fear in a many a man's heart, right? And you have them come in your search your house in the middle of the night. Even though Stephen May was a frequent flyer, they had never had that kind of treatment before. But when they're leaving and they and they know this seems secure, I said, Mr. May, I do not want to see Stephen get killed. I don't think that he intentionally or whatever, you know, intentionally stabbed the assistant chief. I think maybe things got out of hand. I don't know. I don't think he's that kind of a bad guy. I said he actually tried to help us, et cetera. I said, but I have a warrant for his arrest for attempted first-degree murder of a police officer. I said, the problem is I know Stephen May. I got to spend five hours talking to him, et cetera. I just think he's a hard luck Johnny, right? I mean, he's just, you know, he, he can't, he's just like a shit magnet. And I said, that's, I, I understand your his parents. I understand you've been dealing with in, the, in and out of prison your whole lives. I said, but these other guys? They don't give a shit. All they know is Stephen may stab the cop. And if they see him and he's always got a knife on him and he pulls a knife, he's going to get killed. They go in, you know, in, in law enforcement, you have the 21 foot rule. Someone pulls a knife on you or has a dangerous weapon besides a, a firearm. Obviously you can shoot them, whatever, but they have a dangerous weapon and they're coming at you. They violate that 21 foot personal space. You could kill them or you could shoot them. And, and and legally, I said, the problem is all of these, every cop swinging Tom, Dick, and Harry in this parish, in the state, now knows he is wanted for attempted first-degree murder of a police officer. Why? Because wherever he is, he might try to get out of trouble again and stab another one. I said, they're going to kill him. I said, you better bring him to me and turn him in. I said, I promise you, you bring him to me or I'll come meet you wherever get him to turn himself in. I will personally take him into custody and make sure he's safe. And, and I left him like that. He knew I was serious. And then y'all probably would have happened, right? Stephen wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed. So go back to the office. Everybody's on the lookout, et cetera. And the next morning, the sheriff calls me out. Now, now, Reed is hidden, okay? So there's nobody. All the uh, government offices are closed. I'll never forget this morning. All the government offices are closed, et cetera. But uh, Willie called me. Chef Grace called me. He said, listen, he says, Stephen May's daddy's going to wants to bring him to the courthouse to turn him in. He said he wants to do it in the public view, and he wants to make sure he's not going to get killed. I said, that's fine. I said, but I said, Sheriff, we, we still got to have the SWAT team. I said, we, we don't know if he's going to show up and have a shootout. We don't know. He said, I agree with you on that. And he said, you get the canine also, and but hide him. And when he pulls up, uh, the sheriff had his own personal parking lot. He said, I'm going to direct him to pull in the parking lot. You need to be standing there. I'll stand there with you. And when they pull up, so, and when he starts to get out of the car, the SWAT team can move in. I said, cool. So that's what happened. And I forget what time it was, 11 o'clock in the morning, whatever. Dad pulls up in the car. And I don't know how Stephen May got back for because we had eyeballs on the house the whole time. The GPS trackers and vehicles had never moved. So it, he must have been hiding in the woods or something. I don't know. But dad brings them up and they pull in and they go to get out of the car. And Steve's eyes are focused on me and uh, the dad's eyes are focused on me and the sheriff. And they go to guys. I said, come on out. Come on. I'm waving out of the car. And and he takes a step out of the car and the men in black come out of the bushes. I made, They must have jumped out of the trees. But they came in running full force and they made him get some fucking real estate. That's what I used to call it. Or they swamp donkey didn't meaning they body slammed him down. But rightfully so, not unnecessary force, because you don't know 
and if this guy's got a gun and he wants to do suicide by cop or whatever, but they, let's say they gently escorted into the concrete. Remember, he stabbed a cop. They gently escorted into the concrete and were able to put him in handcuffs. And of course, he didn't have a knife on this time. Meanwhile, his dad's going ape shit. Oh, yeah, I didn't have to do that. You'd have to treat him that way. Da, da, da. I said, I said, Mr. May, it's all due respect, sir. We're going home today, right? And we don't know if Stephen you know, showed up with a hand grenade to kill us all. Oh, that's bullshit. I, I told I told you I would come up here and turn him in and da da da. You said it's gonna be peaceful. I said it's peaceful, he's alive. I said if you hadn't done it, you hadn't done the right thing as a father, his fucking ass would be dead somewhere. Somebody would have ended up shooting him. And, and they, they could have shot him and dropped a knife on him, right? I said, You did the right thing. He said, Well, I won't come with him. I said, uh, no, I'm sorry. I didn't, you know, a sheriff didn't tell you that you were going to be able to come in and play father of the year uh, when, when I bring him up and read him his charges and shit. I said, you're not coming. And so, and the sheriff stayed and talked to his dad and, and they stayed and tried to calm him down. I took Stephen May up to, to the uh, detective's office, interview room, sat him down. I said, hey, I mean, got him a little cleaned up there. He might have had a little uh, cement burn or whatever, <laughs> but it got him cleaned up and he's pissed. And I said, Stephen, I didn't do this shit to you. I said, don't be mad at me. I said, you did this. And it was absolutely the right thing for your daddy to bring you in because you got killed. And he's kind of hanging his head. And I said, now, here's the deal. I'm going to say, I'm going to take the cuss off of you. I'm going to put him in the front. And I stand up. I pat for us to make sure they didn't miss anything. I said, I don't believe you're a bad guy. Now, I'm trying to buddy back up, right? I don't. I need a confession. I said, I don't believe you're a bad guy. And, and I uncuffed him, put the cuffs in front of him. I sat him back down by me. I closed the distance between us, put my hands on him and stuff. I said, look at me, man. I said, look at me. You did 10 years, hard time already for stabbing another dude in a fight. I said, what happened in that case? I said, I'm guessing that guy attacked you and you were defending yourself, but you just happened to have a knife. Maybe he was whipping your ass and you stabbed him. He said, yeah, 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 that's what happened. I said, well, I'm going to tell you something. I don't really like this whole story. Uh, the assistant chief will walk now playing the bad guy against the cops. I said, I don't really like his whole story. I said, I'm going to tell you a couple things you don't know. I said, first of all, when he got out on you, uh, he didn't call it in. He like kind of looked at me. I said, that's right. He didn't call it in. He didn't say, I'm out with a white male on Carroll Road, blah, 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 right? And I said, you've been stopped enough time walking the street. He said, they always call it in. Every time I get stopped, and he said, uh, they'll come back and ask him, are they okay? And then they'll tell him, run Stephen May for warrants, 17 Fs. I said, that's right. I said, he didn't do any of that. I said, but his story is that he gets out and he approaches you and he asks for ID and that you punched him in the shoulder. Then you punched him in the stomach. He tried to grab you by the arm and you turned and you stabbed him. And he said, nah, nah. And he said, that ain't how it happened. I said, well, then you got to tell me what happened. Y'all all want is a confession. I don't care if he's lying or not. I just want him to put himself there. I mean, I care if the base facts have to be true, but I want to establish the fact that he was there, not at his friend's house, et cetera. And I hit him with all that. I said, you fucked yourself on your hair that night when we were interviewing you. I said, then you told me a shit pile of lies. I said, I've proven that you didn't get your hair cut in jail. I've proven where you got your hair cut at. I said, I actually got your hair from your friend's house. He didn't know I said, I said, you shaved your shit off in his garage. I said, we got your hair, and we're going to get your DNA off the knife. That's You heard Big Country tell you that's coming back. And I said, difference is you're going to be away forever if you don't start telling the truth. And he started hanging his head, and then he said, well, I, I, he, he pulled up on me. I didn't know it was a cop car. It's a dark street, and he gets out. And he runs up on me, and he grabbed me by my arm, and uh, and he was roughhousing with me. He said, I didn't know he was a cop. I didn't know he was a cop. Well, fucking everybody knew he was a cop, right? Even if he didn't turn his lights on, he had a uniform and a badge on, even though it's a little bit dark. But he said, basically, Stephen said, this dude just jumps out on him and starts attacking him for no reason. And he said, I, I took my knife out, and I spun around. I didn't mean to stab him. I spun around to show him that I had a knife and I accidentally stabbed him in the stomach. And I said, what'd you do? He said, I hauled ass. <laughs> I said, well, you know, there you have it, right? I said, it is what it is. And I said, you, you didn't do anything but help yourself out by, you know, 
telling us what really happened. I said, because you know we would have had you by DNA. And he's shaking his head. He said, yeah, I know you'd have got me. He just said, you're pretty sharp. You'd have got me. And he said, I knew I was fucked. He said, but I didn't just stab him just to stab him. You know, it was self-defense. So sure it was. Absolutely. You know, fuck you. And it's what I was thinking. And I said, Stephen, I said, you know, at the end of the day, what really got you? I said, what really, really, because I'm, I'm kind of buddy up to him, y'all. You know, there's no reason for me to be an asshole to him if he's trying to cooperate. And I, I got as much as I was going to get out of him and record it, et cetera. I said, you know what really did it for me, Stephen? He said, what's that? I said, when you said you walked in your mama's house and she's watching the noon news, they just showed the composite and she turned and she said, Stephen, Baby, you and you, that's how he told us that night at Walker PD. He said, "My mama." And she he did her voice. Said, "Baby, did you stab that police officer last night, Walker?" And he's like, "Man, I know." He said, "Mama, your own mama knew I did it, right?" I said, "Yeah." So booked him in for a uh, attempted first degree murder. I think y'all he got like thirty years. I'm not sure. I didn't I didn't keep up with it after that because then Rita hits. And we were another 30 days, at least, without a day off. And I never kept up with it. I know Walter's no longer in law enforcement. And I, like I told you, hundreds of the state police in big countries is, is retired now, too. But that's the conclusion of Mama Said. And sorry it took two weeks to tell you, but just a good old story, good old-fashioned police, police work and a little bit of luck. So thank you, and I appreciate each and every one of you. Patreon members, you should have got your second episode this month dropped that to you earlier this week and i'm y'all recording this a week early so or week and a half early so if we got news on courtney coco that wouldn't surprise me but if we haven't then we're still doing justice for courtney as always calling you tips on barbara blunt and go to lopa.org sign up to be an organ donor give the gift of life please you just never know who you're going to help, especially now with the COVID. So many people are having their lungs destroyed, and they have so many people are getting lung transplants. And guess what? Every lung they get transplanted came off an organ donor to save their lives. That being said, follow me Instagram at Real Life Real Crime and at Overton Woody. Take a picture of it, send it to me however you want to. You'll be entered into a drawing. I just did a second a round of drawings this week. Every 50 people that sign up, I'm going to give away an autographed copy of my book or Real Life Real Crime face masks are really nice or one of our great window decals. And um, I love all you lifers. It can't be a patron member. I get it. That doesn't matter. I love you anyway. Thank you for sharing. If you would, leave me a review on iTunes. Thank you for helping us grow. I appreciate you so much. And I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. Until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on murder by you. Peace. Get ready, you're gonna do Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Template.